0: Welcome to the Intentional Man Podcast, a podcast that inspires and equips men to lead lives of intentionality and grow to their full potential. I'm your host, Jonathan McGinley, a life coach that helps men just like you create the life that you want and live a story of significance through my coaching and tools on intentionality. Thanks for joining and welcome to the show. All right, welcome to the show. I'm excited to be with you today. And uh, excited to have my guest, Carl Gronberg. Carl, how are you doing? Jonathan, I've, I'm grateful to be here. So grateful to have you on here. Carl is uh, he's special to me. I got introduced to him a couple years ago, and he's just been a mentor and an inspiration and a role model for me. And um, he is an executive coach. He works with uh, high-level uh, business owners and leaders, helping them get to where they want to go and to lead their organizations better. He's also part of the Maxwell uh, leadership team and has helped organize and run live to lead events. And so he's uh, passionate about leadership and passionate about helping men become the leaders they were supposed to be. So uh, I'm excited to have Carl on here. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about leadership. So, um, Carl, let's just dive right into it. Um, I'm excited to pick your brain on this topic. Uh, So when you think about leadership, like how do you define leadership?
1: Well, heck of a, heck of a first question,
0: Jonathan. (laughs) We're coming out hot. Let's let's jump. Yeah,
1: (laughs) let's jump right into it. So you (laughs) and I probably heard, uh, we've heard John Maxwell say that, uh, that leadership is an influence, nothing more, nothing less. But when I look at leadership, um, I, I think that's a great start, but, I look at leaders uh, across uh, our nation, around the world, and throughout history, and I'm intrigued by um, some impressive leadership qualities, but not for an impressive um, agenda or end. And like, Mm, take Hitler, for example, a phenomenal leader, from what I understand, I wasn't there, but from what I understand, he's extremely motivational. But his end goal was nothing we're impressed with. So when I think about uh, leadership, I'll start with influence. Then the next thing I want to ask is, where are they taking their followers? What's their vision? That's that's got me real interested. Then I I also want to know, what kind of culture are they building? Because in a culture, it's ultimately selfish, much like Hitler. I want my way, and I'll sacrifice others. Or the other end of that spectrum is is authentically caring. Um, I, I like to use that term because love is so nebulous. But when yeah. when a leader is authentically caring, they're doing everything they can to help their team members succeed. So oh. so there's there's influence, there's vision, there's culture, and then finally, I think what defines leadership is who's following. Because I, I love mm. this statement. Um, if if you think you're a leader but no one's following, you're probably just taking a walk.
0: <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I just love that That's statement. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Well, and I love that you, you know, those characteristics of a leader that you just mentioned in the areas in which we we need to lead. I think a lot of times we think leaders are just people who are in positions, right? Can you can you t- kind of talk about that of the difference between positional leadership and just leadership in general. Cause I think what you just said, that makes me think that anyone could be a leader in their sphere, but a lot of times people don't identify as leaders unless they're in some sort of role that calls them a leader.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, sometimes I work with, with people who are business owners, but they only own a portion of the company and there's other people who own the majority of it. And so mm-hmm. going back to that influence and the vision, um, when it comes to leadership, sometimes you need to lead up, you need to lead your leader. And the way you do that um, is first of all, seeing if you can find their ultimate vision and then connect whatever you're gonna be recommending to that ultimate vision as, as a question or some curiosity. Hey boss, I was wondering if, we focused a little bit more on equipping our, our team for success individually, if that would actually help us achieve the sales results that, that you and I want to see achieved. So that idea of leading up um, when, is one that intrigues me. So there's leading up, sure. there's leading okay. um, uh, to the side, and then there's leading those who who report to us.
0: Hmm. So that
1: did did I answer your question properly?
0: Yes, definitely. Yep. Uh, Well, that's, it's very interesting. I I love that concept of leading up because I don't think many of us, including myself really think about that much in terms of how we can help lead our leaders. Uh, Typically that's not something that I ever even really think about too much. It's about how can I be a great follower? Um, But when you go back to your definition of leadership and all those character Characteristics, we can help lead our leaders. We can help lead those next to us. And we can help lead those um, who, sh- quote unquote, should be following us because leadership is just influence, right? And, and you so, know, the
1: interesting thing when, interesting. We're, when we're talking about leading up, if you have, I'm going to come back to that term that it's my number one core value authentic care. Yeah. I care from yeah. my heart and I want what's best for. For my leader, the person I'm reporting to in, in that situation, um, I, I'll bring that into leading my family, uh, my wife, my, my, my kids. Uh, when I ultimately have authentic care, I want their best interest. And then I connect that to where they're wanting to go. Oftentimes leaders in, in our country, they, they, they oh, gosh, around the world too, in, in profit-oriented uh, organizations, the leaders mm-hmm. are wanting to see a bottom line impact. They want to see the profits. They may want to see um, certain size um, sales, um, certain number of customers um, reached. So when you when you tie that care into um, ideas to help them get where they want to go, you'll find some really receptive mm-hmm. ears. Now, sometimes mm-hmm. there's there's some ego involved, but when you just put things out as an option. Um, you might be surprised that in a month or two, the very person you've made that recommendation to comes up with a whole idea all by themselves, which was your mm. idea. And you might have put it in their mind and and that's how yeah. they came across it. Hooray. Hooray.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what you said is so important of, of having genuine, authentic care, um, because I think a lot of times we as leaders can only want to push our agenda and in 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 some ways it, you know having a vision is a is a part of being a good leader but having authentic care for others is is true leadership and so i love that you put that in there and all of these things that you're saying makes me think that each one of us is a leader in subcapacity and i think you know for for those listening it's easy if you're not in a position career wise of leadership to not think of yourself as a leader um, but from everything that you're saying, it makes me think that all of us have some sort of uh, position of leadership. There's someone that we are leading in our lives. And so I kind of want to I want to dig into that, go that way a little bit. So this is the Intentional Man podcast. We got our listeners are primarily men here. So when you think as a man <laughs> and just what it means to be a leader <laughs> as a man, what what kind of comes to mind when, when you think about that? So I I, I work with men. I've, I've,
1: I've coached women. I don't have a problem coaching women, but I'm I'm trying to focus on that real sweet spot. And for me, that Mm -hmm. sweet spot is men in their thirties and forties. They, they have a sense of leadership as a calling or as a responsibility. They want Mm -hmm. to use their leadership skills to actually improve the lives and quality of their of their followers, but for my particular clients, they not only want to be a business success, they want to be a home success first in their marriage mm-hmm. and then in in in, in their relationship with their kids. And so, what I believe, um, and, and and you're going to understand why I work with men because I, I, I want to I want to use an analogy or an example that I think um, a lot of men can relate to. And that's sex. Let's just talk sex for a second. When you think about um, sex, I, I, I don't know many men. Now I have the privilege of knowing some older men, and they're too old for sex. Frankly, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not desiring that right now. <laughs> but when you think about when you think about quality sex. Um, I'm going to come into authentic care. You know, if you're going to have quality Mm -hmm. sex, you've got to have love, and love desires the best for the other person. And so, Mm -hmm. I don't know of any man who aspires to impotence. Uh, And gosh, maybe this is going to be crossing into R, but um, we'll sort PG. Is this okay, Jonathan?
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> Edit me out if you don't want to go with this. Um, when, you, when, you, when men want to really please their wife, they, if you will, they need to be strong. We don't want impotence. Men aren't looking forward to this for good sex. They want to be strong. Now, can they overuse their strength? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's either brutality or thoughtlessness. Um, selfishness or downright rape. So that's an abuse of our strength. And, and, and we do strength pretty well. Typically, you know, person to person, men are what? 30% stronger than women when, when it comes to musculature. So the question becomes, how do we use our strength out of authentic care? At It's an intriguing question to
0: ask and
1: and to meditate on it, to just think about it. How do I use my strength to encourage my wife? Well, what I want, I want to bring everything of me focusing on her and her ultimate design. And what can I do to help help her reach that? Um, And that, you know, a lot of us guys, we we like to fix problems. I'm going to suggest Mm -hmm. a mind change. From problems to possibilities. Right now, uh, my youngest of, of my three kids is 26. He's the only one of my three that isn't married. And, and when I was um, a younger father, I was pretty strict, and everyone, you know, all the kids had to do it my way. And it was all about being right. And then if, if something wasn't right, that was the problem. And then my kids needed to be fixed.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, They didn't like it. I don't recommend it at all. At some point, I moved into possibility thinking. And that was the intrigue of what my kids were capable of achieving. And so when I bring that intrigue, that, that curiosity around possibilities, then I get to team up with my kids and ask them and, and be intrigued and, and interested with them or in them and what about what they're capable of achieving and my gosh has that been fun with all three of my kids and and now my youngest as he's uh, at 26 starting to want to get married and um I get to bring intrigue with him and keep naming the talents that I see in him and encourage him to take those talents to new levels. So that's what I think about men. We bring our strength to help others be their best. Right now, wow. you know, um, we're in a transition. We'd come out to California to care for Gina's in laws. Well, that mission is accomplished. We said goodbye to mom three years ago and dad um, mm. earlier this year. And, and so that responsibility is done. Well, as we're making this transition, my wife is moving out of the caretaker role in, into one of how else will she serve? How else will she she help others? And so my job is supporting everything I can to bring out the best in her. And Jonathan, I just want to tell you, it's a cool adventure. Mm-hmm. isn't awesome adventure to focus on my wife, her becoming her best, my two daughters, them becoming their best, along with her husbands, I, I've got two awesome sons-in-law, and to, and to be intrigued with them becoming their best, and I've already mentioned my son. Mm-hmm. That's my That's thoughts a, about yeah. we as men, the unique things we have to bring. I, I got to add one more, and that is yeah. women are just Women have a whole different wiring. Um, I really suck at being female. I just don't do woman. I just don't. I suck at it. I'm I'm pretty content being a guy and guy skin and all that type of thing. But my gosh, the talents that women have—it's phenomenal. And so when we when we tap into their unique strengths and perspectives, ah, does that make life? an even richer adventure. And it's a word I love to own. Mm. Am I living an adventure?
0: Wow. Uh, I, I want to make right. sure I
1: don't go too far off. <laughs> Am I tracking with you?
0: No. Yes. No, that was, that was great. I love that of using your strength to bring out the best in someone else. I, I mean, what an amazing kind of definition of leadership and as a man of you know, being authentic and being genuine is having the curiosity. I, I heard you mention that a, a few times of just being curious with people and and looking for opportunities because I think in our minds a lot of times leadership feels like it's pushing our agenda, right? Like that's that's what leaders do. They have the vision, they push their vision. But your vision is to bring out the best in the people that you love. And to do that, you have to be curious. And to do that, you have to support. And to do that, you have to look for their strengths. And to do that, you have to you know, look for the uniqueness in each person. I think that was something that you just said pretty well, too, in terms of like the way you act with your son is way different than the way that you're, you're going to lead your wife. <laughs> um, and so having that curiosity and the care, I think if you don't have the care to take the time to find out what is going to help make them the best then I I think you're missing great leadership opportunities. So thank you for that. Honestly, that was, that was really awesome to think about. So let me ask you this, um, going back to this strength piece, because I think this is an important one to talk about, because I think it's hard sometimes as men, we feel this, you know, like that we do have this strength, but there's this, I want to be a servant leader. I want to be a humble leader, or there's a, I want to charge forth and, and be the leader who's leading with strength and vision and running everybody over. I think there's kind of this two sides, right? There's the really servant, humble leader who's just laying himself down and the guy who's like really just charging through, not really having to care for people. So how do you find that balance of strength, but also humility of really leadership and initiative, but also um, care and authenticity and being a servant?
1: You know, um, there's a saying that um, I'll I'll forego the story and and uh, it was encouraged that I should own this personally. And it was, a, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought. Now, I was quite offended when that was first recommended to me. But in, in relationship to what you're talking about, that powering, um, if it's a selfish motivation, then, mm-hmm. then all you're doing is you're using people. It's a, and it's mm-hmm. a crappy statement to use someone. Unfortunately, there's, there's that other end of the spectrum. Sometimes men can confuse this thing of humility by being, um, they confuse it with weakness. Right, and right. I just want uh, let to, me, let me make something crystal clear. In fact, I'll just ask you this question. When you think about living right now, Jonathan, and I know I'm springing something on you, but mm-hmm. I'm going to spring something on you. <laughs> What, what do you think you, you, you as a man right now, an excellent coach, an accomplished man, uh, what do you desperately need right now? First thing that comes to your mind. What about,
0: yeah. Um, I, I think I was, it popped in my head of just really good male friend. Uh, well, the first was actually a, a really good mentor in my life is honestly, one thing I've been really thinking about that I'm missing a little bit right now of, a. Uh, An older man that can really kind of walk with me on a consistent basis and show me the ropes. That's honestly one of the biggest things that I've been searching for recently. So I'm going to go physiologically
1: right now. Uh, Something you desperately need right now is O2. Yeah, no oxygen. There you go. No life. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the reason it doesn't come to your mind, doesn't come to my mind, is because there's plenty of it around. Now, if you and I took up scuba diving, we would be much more cognizant about our desperate need for air. We'd be checking our air supply. How full is my tank? How deep have I gone? Uh, Because I got to make sure I've got enough air. So the reason I bring that up is when we can ask that question, what do I really need to be successful? Mm. And, And I am spirit, soul, and body. And so... When I lead well, I ask the questions: What do I really need? Somebody, you know, who who might satiate his pain with some alcohol might say, "I need a drink." Yeah. But I would say what he really needs is purpose, and he and he needs good self care. He doesn't need alcohol. Yeah. He needs he needs some good uh, food, some nutrients for his body, so he can take. Good care of his body. So going back to this thing about um, the humble servant, Mm -hmm. humility isn't thinking um, less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So if you're consumed with yourself, that's that's self-centeredness. But when you're thinking about what you need to be successful, I call that integrity. And there's a term I like to use. I call it the power of the invite. And, and, and if you'd like, I can tell you a quick story about that. Um, my son and I, yeah. gosh, this is 12 years ago now, we were living in Colorado and we were hiking in the Rocky Mountains and we came across the headwaters of the mighty Colorado River. And that Colorado delivers a lot of water to the southwest of the United States. And there we were looking down on this um, strong flowing stream, nothing like it is downstream, but right up there in the Rocky Mountains. It was a spring day and the sun was shining. And when the sun shines on a spring day in Colorado, it's warm in the shade. Excuse me, it's warm in the sunshine and cold in the shade. We came across this bridge, Jonathan, my son and I, and we looked down at this flowing water. We looked at each other and we said, We've got to go in. And so within five minutes, both he and I jumped in that water. I I think he went first. I don't remember which one of us. We jumped in. Uh, The definition of snow melt (laughs) there was snow. Oh, yeah. Cold. (laughs) Yeah. Cold. About 33 degrees. And Ooh. so we jumped in there and and I would like to tell you that I yelled from the pain but that just would be dishonest I screamed I screamed <laughs> yeah there's something feminine huh <laughs> <laughs> So there we were we jumped in this water and there were other people walking across the bridge and and people looked down and said what are you doing are you crazy I said, Well we're We're taking a refreshing dip. And yeah, we probably are crazy. (laughs) You ought to try it. Come on down. It's awesome. Now, Jonathan, within 25 minutes, there there was 20, 25 people who had taken us up on our invitation. Perfect strangers. Not only did they jump in the water, but we said, hey, listen, listen to this. There were rules. There was at least one rule. We said, It doesn't count unless your head goes under. And to a person, here we are strangers. They're following our invitation. Mm. Come on in. You got to try it. It's awesome. And so within 25 minutes, here's this group of people sunning themselves on the side of a hill on a spring day in Colorado, laughing about the adventures that we had all shared of getting in frickin' cold water that hurt. It was so painful. Yeah. And so from that, I learned the term, the power of the invite. And I think mm. as leaders, certainly with, with our wives and our children, we think about where are we going and, and our invite to our wives, come live an adventure yeah. with me. Yeah. Kids, come live an adventure. Discover who you are. Because there's nothing more satisfying than being who you are and making the world a better place through your own impact.
0: Wow. I love that. I love the, uh, just the wording and the picture there of an invitation. Um, cause I, I think it's easy to think that it's, t- it's telling people where to go <laughs> and, but, but just that subtle flip of hate. Uh, hey, inviting them to something that's great, inviting them to something that you believe is where we can go. That's amazing. That's going to bring out your best self from what you, you talked about earlier. It's this invitation. Leadership is an invite. It's not a command. Um, and I think that's especially um, true in relationships. And I think, so thank you for bringing that up. I think that's a great um, just picture to kind of leave us with. When, when you think of leading we got a a lot of younger guys listening to this, this podcast. So some who are married, some who are not in relationships. Um, When you think of leading your relationships, well, what are some like just practical tools or tips or pieces of advice that you would give to a young man who's saying, Hey, I really want to be, I want to excel in this. I want to lead. Well, I want to care about them. I want to have the invitation. So can you kind of take us down to more of a practical level of what that can look like, or what what's worked for you? Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Um,
1: the practicals of of a rich invitation is living your own successful life. Mm. Yeah. So the more you can get your life together, and you know, if, if I'm just thinking of the of your listener right now, so I, I just like to say. Take, take the time to think about your good habits that you want to foster. You want to use those and, and, and develop them. Write down those lists of, of strengths, good habits that you've got. And then write down the weaknesses. Hmm. And so when you own those realities, keep focusing on those strengths of yours that you want to develop and the weaknesses that you, you you might need a mentor for, you might need a coach for, somebody who's going to help you get a grip of those things that are not serving you. Um, my story includes some emotional abuse when I was four years old, which caused me to have panic attacks, thousands of panic attacks around the thought of dying. And those those panic attacks lasted oh, I don't know, six or seven seconds. And I lived for 25 years on this planet and not a soul. There was no one who knew about my panic attacks. They they were so brief. And so, yeah, nobody recognized it. I didn't know what they were. I was four years old when they started. I, I couldn't say I'm having a panic attack right now. What I could say is, um, I'm experiencing what I think death is like, and it's horrific. So wh- whatever, whatever is holding you back, whatever is holding our listener back right now, whatever it is, whether it's uh, negative head trash, panic attacks, mm-hmm. bad habits, weaknesses, thoughtlessness, self-centeredness, whatever it is, it's like, okay, well, uh, welcome to the human race, and um, if we're really going to be honest, you know, we, we talked about Jonathan, we talked about oxygen. Well, let me tell you what else I need. I need soap, water, deodorant, toilet paper, and mouthwash. Because without that, <laughs> I smell like crap. And, and usually I use a slightly bit more vile word because it's just so honest. Soap, water, deodorant, toilet paper, and mouthwash. Because if I don't have that stuff, I stink. Now, somebody can live trying to pretend that they don't. And the only reason I say that is we're this mixture of dignity and depravity. And just because most of us here in the US have a ubiquitous supply, just like oxygen, of soap, water, deodorant, toilet paper, and toothpaste, we forget that we stink. So that recommendation to that young person is Mm -hmm. nurture your life so your life is satisfying you. You go to bed on a, not every night, but consistently with a sense of satisfaction that you're making good choices for your own self. Because that gives you the moral authority to invite a woman to join you to invite a woman, come live an adventure with me. This is where I'm going. This is where I believe my life is is focused. I want you to join me. And when you join me, I'm gonna love you well. And we're gonna have a rich life together. We're not gonna have a perfect life together because I'm not a perfect person and you're not a perfect person, but let's let's Mm. define what success looks like. Let's define this loving relationship. And let's commit ourselves to that. Notice the invitation there. Come join us.
0: Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you're here, Carl. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. No, so good. I just, um, I love that you started there of you have to, what it made me think of was you have to be able to lead yourself well before you can really have an invitation to lead others well. It's kind of what I was thinking when you were talking about all that. Um, to invite somebody to it to a life, um, and to lead somebody, if if we're not taking care of ourselves, if we don't have that moral authority, like you said, like why is anyone going to come join the adventure if our adventure is a train wreck? <laughs> Boy, that's well um, put, Jonathan.
1: That's well yeah. put. What, well, and I think what happens, and and frankly, uh, when I when I proposed to Gina, there was. Um, there was a bit of uh, over-enthusiasm as far as who I was and where I was going. It wasn't mm, yeah. horrible, but, you know, optimism is is a good thing, but there's some places where it really sucks. Uh, one of them is when you're looking at the E on your gas gauge. The optimist goes, oh, I can make it to the gas
0: station, yeah, that's me, <laughs> and
1: and and then I I just had to be honest. My wife was a little bit more conservative, a little bit more skeptical or pessimistic. She said, "You know, we're down to a quarter tank. Why don't we fill up now while there's a gas station right there?" And so, in my silliness or immaturity, I you know my optimism was, "No, we'll make it." Well, <laughs> there we are, stopped at the side of the freeway, and Carl's hoofing it for for some gas. (laughs) If I'd listened to my wife, it would have continued. So optimism isn't always the answer. I I, I prefer it over pessimism, but I I like the term realistic optimism. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think
1: I was going off track there. (laughs) Bring me on back. No, it's good.
0: Uh, (laughs) All right. So so when we talk about leading ourselves well, um, what would you say are some key fundamentals, key components to making sure we're leading ourselves well and that we have that moral authority to then invite others to join us in our adventure?
1: That's a that's
0: a great idea or a great question.
1: Let's, let's see if we can break it down a little bit. So we live inside these things we call bodies. And so um, if we're fooling ourselves by eating crap, Um, We're going to pay the piper uh, sooner or later. Um, Our whole health system is, I believe it's called the allopathic allopathic approach, which is treat the symptoms. So what what I I would challenge our listener to right now is uh, be realistic. If you think you're going to have a healthy body by eating donuts, Twinkies, and soda pop, um, you're fooling yourself. You're just fooling yourself. So if you can't nurture your own body by caring for it, you're setting yourself up for failure. Your teeth are going to rot. Your blood pressure is going to skyrocket. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but our, the generation of babies being born right now, like my, my three grandchildren uh, born mm-hmm. within the past two years, their life expectancy is the lowest yet at last at least in the last 50 years maybe since tracking because of the crappy food that we ingest processed Mm. unhealthy stuff so start with are you taking are you actually nurturing your body then the next thing is are you keeping it fit now i want to tell you something in my own life um, i was I was really fit from the time I was 13 or 14. I was trying to be the world's best water skier and water skiing is a great workout. When I gave up that passion, that's when I started to gain weight and I was way confused. Gosh, I wish I had a coach in my life back then because I was so confused. My purpose was gone. And all of a sudden, Jonathan, I couldn't stop eating because I was, I was just lost. I was purposeless. And and food gave me some short-term satisfaction. It was a drug at that yeah. point. It wasn't nourishment. Yeah. It was a drug. And mm. so when we when we um, aren't making healthy choices for ourselves, and I sure wasn't then, we, we just don't have the capacity, we don't have the moral integrity to help someone else. You know, that thing yeah. of love your neighbor as yourself. So... Um, I, I remember when I thought, OK, I need to start working out now for the the, the listener who hates to work out. I'm just going to say, find something you can do. I remember I, I, I love starting small and I started to get back into health when my children were just toddlers. And I told my wife, I said, honey, I, I'm going to just take a five minute walk. And that's I did, just took a five minute walk. And that five-minute walk, after a while, turned into a 10-minute walk. And then it turned into five minutes of jogging and five minutes of walking. And 30 years later, all of that turned into jogging to the top of a 14,000-foot mountain um, when I was living in Colorado. And then, I don't know, six months after that, I hiked down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and jogged out of it. It was a gas, by the way, Freaking slow, but I did do it nonstop. <laughs> Freaking oh, slow, amazing. but it was that's nonstop. Amazing. So the cool thing about that mm-hmm. is it started with a five minute walk.
0: Yeah, so, really cool.
1: so coming back to, you know, what does it take? We, I started with the body. Then there's this thing of your job. Now let me, let me describe compensation, Jonathan, in just two words in the free enterprise system around the planet all of us are compensated based on just two words how well we deliver value think about it your name is mark zuckerberg he delivered a little bit of value called facebook to a billion clients that's why he's worth so many billions of dollars and so look at look at a, a pro you know football quarterback who's paid you know what 30 40 million a year yeah. the value that he's delivering we we don't determine value the, the the world determines value and our world seems to really value football so if you're really really good as a quarterback you're going to be paid tens of millions If you work at a fast food joint it's about what 10 12 bucks an hour give or take that's the value you deliver. You're, no one's going to hire you at Club Mac, at McDonald's, or any other fast food place and say, you know, I want to pay you $200,000 to cook my French fries for me. No, there's not enough value in it. Now, if you're a heart surgeon or a brain surgeon, there's a lot of value delivered to that that patient. No doubt. And so the whole idea, when when a, when a, a, a young man is thinking about his life, he better figure out how he's going to deliver value. So Mm -hmm. you're taking care of your body, but you're also taking care of your finances. As best as I can tell now living six plus decades, we pretty much deal with money our whole life long. Might as well learn to deal with it well. And here's a question that somebody can ask. And I think every man, every person should ask this question of their employer what could I do that would cause you to want to give me fill in the blank a $5,000 bonus, a $10,000 bonus. You're not saying, I just want you to give me money. You're saying I want to earn it. I want to earn it. Is there anything that I could do? Is there anything that I could do that you would actually be happy to give Mm -hmm. me a bonus?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, By the way, um, here, let me offer you a $10,000 bonus right now. Uh, if you just refer someone who compensates me $100,000 for my for for my executive coaching, I'll be glad to give you a $10,000 bonus. So uh, the only reason I, I, I'm pointing that out, Jonathan, is it's not greed. It's the desire to be valuable.
0: Yes. And, yes. and
1: you can tie that right back into marriage. I'm going to love you well. I'm going to value you well. I'm going to treat you like a lady, like a woman. Mm. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to respect you and your mind. By the way, I told my two daughters, I said, watch how I love your mom.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and when you go shopping for a husband, that sounds a little crude, but that's what we're doing, <laughs> right? We're shopping <laughs> we're for sure. a spouse, a good, a, a, good, a good match. I said, when you when you shop for a spouse, find a man who loves you, at least as much as I love your mom. Now, use me. I'm at the bottom of the barrel. You can find somebody who loves you more. Great, Tina Jonathan. They listened to me. I, I look at my sons-in-law now, and they're rock stars. Man, I wish I had their maturity when, when I married Gina. It's like,
0: That's gosh. amazing. <laughs> okay, so we covered. We covered. That's so good. Uh,
1: physical. Physical. We yeah. talked about um, professional. What you're, yes. and, and to that always ask value. this. Yeah, always this question of how can I deliver more value? That's just it's great.
0: That's great.
1: That's a that that's a great way to cause your salary to continue to go up. Okay, yes. and then there's the that's person great. that you are. Okay, and that's your passions. Now, whether it's reading. And possibly maybe you want to start writing some fiction or, or, or nonfiction. Um, maybe you've got a passion for golf or sports or whatever. Um, that brings out a, a whole other aspect of, of, of a human being. What's your passions? And how do you engage others to join you? Um, I found a lot of my passions were solo type activities. Um, I wasn't a team sport guy. I was a water ski guy. Um, uh, it, 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 Gosh, so many of my sports have been solo; they're not team sports. So the question becomes: what are the what are the things you're passionate about, and are there any that you can share with others? Mm-hmm. So That's that awesome. third thing is, so as follow a, your passions. Yeah, follow yes. your passions. Now you shouldn't That's overvalue correct. them, you know, because you do have to provide it, you know, for your family. But it does it does make you wonderfully alive. And again, the invitation is I'm living a passionate life. How about yours?
0: Yes. No, that's, that's amazing. And I think that's, that's the key of what all you're saying here is you, you have to have a life that is worth, you know, that people want to look at and say, wow, I, I do want to join that adventure. If you're going to really have that, um, moral authority to lead. I, I love that term that you've used moral authority. And we've talked about that before. Can you just briefly hit on what that means and why it's so important as a leader to have this moral authority because I think this is a great place to kind of finish up our our conversation
1: yeah you know, that's it It's a good question um, there's an old fashioned word called integrity and I, I'm so'm I'm, I'm so intrigued by it there's a there's a a book oh my gosh. Um, called, ironically, called Integrity. Um, Stephen Carter, written back in the 90s. Um, So you don't have to read the book. He said, let me define integrity in um, three steps. By the way, he's a law professor at Yale. Stephen Carter, fascinating fellow. He said, step one, Take time to think right from wrong. Step two: catch this. Act accordingly. Hmm. Step three: be prepared to talk about this. So when you have moral authority, you've thought about life. So you don't have to have it perfect, but you've thought about life, and you, and because of your thinking, like you, you've noticed when I, when I talked about how do we care for our bodies. You know, I got to tell you, I don't have a sweet tooth. All of my teeth are sweet, Jonathan. I love (laughs) sweets. If I could live on sweets, I would live on sweets. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But but it doesn't give me the moral authority to talk about healthy eating if I'm just pigging out on sweets. So the thing of moral authority is taking time to think and then acting in a way that connects you to your core values. And and your core values are either going to be um, kindness and caring towards others or selfish towards self. Something in the Mm -hmm. middle is kindness towards self. That's what we're talking about, or good decisions towards self. When you make good decisions for yourself, it gives you the moral authority to say, come join me. My life is very rewarding. I want you to have a rewarding life. Is there anything that I can do to help you have a more uh, uh, a more rewarding life? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's how that term moral authority so came, um, because we are all intrigued by great morale, mm-hmm. and and I love integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, I love yeah. to hate hypocrisy, even though if I'm going to be honest, and I am, yeah, I'm a bit of a hypo, uh, hypocrite. Ask you could ask my wife. I, I, I still have to say, honey, I'm sorry. I was thoughtless. Would you forgive me?
0: Yeah. I could go farther. Oh, that's but really that might good. be enough. No, no, that's perfect. Well, and I, I think what you hit on at the beginning is is a big part of the show of taking the time to think, actually taking the time to reflect and to think and to, and to gain some clarity around what is important to you. What are my values? What is the way that I want to live? What is the way that I want to act? How do I want to treat others? You know, like it's, it's easy to just not even take any time to think about those things. Yeah. Uh, But that's step one is to really be able to sit down and get clarity on those things. And then step two would be what you were talking about of do your actions align with those and really putting together some sort of game plan around how do I actually want to foster a life that is living in integrity with these values and the clarity that I just gained of who I want to be. Cause if I say I want to be this and I, and I'm acting some something different then there's a gap there. And I think you lose your moral, moral authority and who's going to want to join you on an adventure. Who's going to want to be led by you. If they see this gap of hypocrisy from who you say you want to be to who you are. So I think what you said there is, is really good. Think about, what you want your life to be about. And then think about how you want your actions to line up. And then I think the biggest thing, because we're sinful human beings, we're going to miss the mark all the time. It's, you know, it's a part of it, but being able to reflect and look back and say, how am I living? You know, in terms of, did my actions reflect what I said I wanted to be this week? If we don't ask ourselves those questions, then we can easily be pretty far off the trail without even knowing. So I think that's kind of a step three there of, making sure we're reflecting and asking for feedback and being humble enough to listen to those around us who are saying we're out of alignment. Oh my uh, gosh. Hey,
1: you ought to be a coach here, Jonathan. That's good stuff. (laughs)
0: Nice job, my Uh, friend. Just just piggybacking off of you, man. It's amazing. Uh, So good. Thank you so much. Honestly, for, uh, I just, this has been really impactful for me and inspiring. And so I know it's, it's going to reach a lot of our, our listeners. Is there anything else, just kind of your last charge, um, to men in terms of leadership, anything that we didn't cover that you just want to, you know, make sure we just address real quick as we're wrapping up.
1: You know, um, I'm going to just say two things. Um, discover your heart, discover those Mm -hmm. desires and embrace the fact that there is this ambivalence of, um, we, we can be selfish, um, and, and yet there's, there's passions in us that are just wonderful. And so if, if you're willing to be honest like that, search for those passions that are uh, inside of you and, and, mm. and, and acknowledge that there's a part of you that you're not t- particularly proud of. And if you can talk that kind of stuff through uh, with a coach such as yourself, Jonathan, it's just so doggone helpful. Get a mm-hmm. coach. It'll accelerate your learning. So, so much. Gosh, I wish, I wish I had one when I was your age and instead of waiting till I yeah. was 40. I, I didn't even know about coaching back then. I sure wish i had had right. one at a younger age. Would have, would have saved me a lot of time.
0: For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for that and for your time. I, I always want to be really supportive of you and just the, the listeners I have on. What, can you tell us just kind of what's going on in your life and if there's any way we can support you um, as a community here?
1: You know, what's going on is I've just put together an online program, um, which I'm, I'm delighted for. Gosh, just delighted. Um, it's for those guys who are leaders and, um, who are married and, and, and and they will simply not be satisfied with anything other than personal, professional, and relational success. Um, any two of those, um, if they're satisfied with that, God bless them. They're, they're just not my kind of client. Um, I love working with those people. Um, I have been accused of asking very difficult questions, but it's when we wrestle with those things, it really equips those leaders to have hmm. authentically caring conversations. Yeah. And so that's, that's my passion right now. It's, um, awesome. it's something it's that asking. I'm loving. Gosh, uh, and I, I'm so intrigued. You know, I'm a coach. My clients are the stars. They're, they're the real stars. So I, I get to help them just yeah. be their best. That that's what's going for on sure. in my life right now.
0: Good, good. Well, and I, I definitely just see that in you so much. You're you're so authentic in the way that you care about people and just thankful for how you poured into me and taking time. And so I, I really just admire that about you and, and thank you for being who you are and living your passion to help oh my to help men be great leaders. So for uh, so you my friend and, and your time
1: uh, a yeah. privilege and a pleasure to, to know you and uh, yeah to work with you we're, we're a privilege yeah,
0: to be here thank thanks so for much. the invite yep it was uh it was a blessing appreciate you thanks You're welcome thank you for tuning in to the intentional man podcast if you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the show please share it with others post about it on social media and leave a rating and review If you are someone who is looking to take your life to the next level, accelerate your success and live more intentionally, I would love to help. Shoot me a text at 970-430-6085 and we can schedule a time to meet to discuss your vision and your goals. Again, that is 970-430-6085. Thanks again for listening and until next time, build a life that matters by living intentionally.